The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. another exciting edition of the Rough Drafts Podcast. I am your host, not Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am, in fact, Walter Ciedes Fedchuk, and I am none of the things that Chase claims to be other than a contributor for Slingshot Esports and a self-proclaimed esports gambling expert. The LCS regular seasons have come and gone, and the Challenger seasons have come and gone, and we are now in the midst of of the battle between those not quite good enough to stay in the LCS and those too good to play in the Challenger Series. Of course, I am talking about today, the European Promotion Tournament. And despite the fact that Chase is not hosting, he is still here with me today. My good friend, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, joining us on the other line. Chase, how are you doing today, good sir? I mean, for a guy who was staying overnight in a hospital less than 48 hours ago, I think I'm doing well. Um, anytime that you have to get an MRI and a heart scan and they say that neither one of them is killing you, you got to take that as a plus. Uh, <laughs> Rocket is slowly killing me. I thought that would show up on the MRI, just a giant space where my compassion and hope would have been just slowly deteriorating because I've had to root for that team for a whole split, but... Somehow I've managed to persevere. Uh, thank you for all the well wishes that you guys sent on Twitter. A few of you guys were very sweet in, uh, in wondering what was happening and, and keeping in touch. So I really do appreciate it. I am, am battling my way through to get back to full strength by the time we do the LCS playoff podcast next week. But until then, I have to make the call. I got to give the people what they want. And what they want is me bashing my favorite team into the ground as we prepare for this promotion series. I mean, there, and I am here to deliver that. I mean, there was no way that we could talk about the European promotion tournament without you just being the, the dare I say, suicidal Rocket fan you are becoming. <laughs> because, I mean, man, you, you, you've been on the bridge with this team for, like, what, six weeks now? <laughs> Yeah, uh, basically, ever we started three and one. If people, for you know, want to go back in history, right? If you look at the timetable, there was a time in which Rocket was doing some really nice stuff, and then they remembered that they were Rocket, and they slowly went downhill from there. So, you know, I I think it's been one heck of a season from start to finish. I I think that we learned very quickly that. Importing Koreans, even Koreans that look really good for a whole two weeks, is not necessarily a recipe for success. 
At the very least, I don't have to watch Airwalks anymore, which is always <laughs> a positive. I have to, you know, I'm really trying to look at the bright side of life right now, given how this vertigo is going. And not watching Airwalks is indeed the happiest part of this promotion tournament. So, so you wouldn't say this has been a memento season, would you? Uh, it's memento in the sense that Rockhead has been moving backwards throughout the entire season <laughs> from where they started. So on that part, they've been nailing it, you know, thematically, I suppose they've been just going along the lines, but I mean, this is a team that there isn't really anything more to say other than they have two of the four worst players in the league. Uh, They went 10, 26 over their 36 games. They would have had three of the worst five players in the league if Airwalks was still involved. So I mean, I guess Memento is an upgrade, if only slightly. If you look at the advanced metrics, the difference between him and Memento are not that big. It's a 0.5 KDA difference, slightly higher kill participation, but less likely to get first blood, less, uh, bar- barely an advantage in l- earned gold per minute, much less damage for his team. I-, I don't know. I think it's pretty much a wash. So you're basically looking at Betsy who is there for a paycheck for whatever team signs him next in North America. Hello, CLG. Get ready to you know enjoy him when you get him. And Steelback, who almost certainly... I mean, how many times can he try to carry this team from the brink? I, I think at some point, the magic runs out. And I, it, to me, it ran out as soon as Rocket got O2'd by Origin that was starting a literal toaster. That was the moment where I said, this team is done. I don't care what they do next. I don't care whether they're able to 2-0 a team like Schalke, where Schalke literally beats themselves for two games in a row. I, I just, it doesn't matter. This is a terrible team. This is, it's, it's three terrible players, one player who's checked out, and one player who's just got to be exhausted. And that's why, to me, they're not getting past the elimination round. I understand that Millennium has their flaws. We'll talk about them when we get to Millennium, but I don't see any positive you can point to to rock at other than, but they have Steelback though. And I don't see how that's going to be enough when tabs and masterwork show way more bot lane synergy and have been dominant in terms of how they perform in the challenger series in terms of getting that team where they need to be to hard carry in the late game when team fights roll well, around. So, so here's the thing. Let's let's just talk about Millennium then, since we've pretty much gone through everything with Rocket. Um, you know, I I completely agree with you that Prang and Rays have not been uh, everything that that we expected them to be, and everything that Rocket management kind of purported them to be. Obviously, the replacement of Airwalks for Memento was um, you know, not ne- you know, a necessity. Airwalks was absolutely awful. No matter how many times I tried to say, "Oh, it's okay. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out." Um, he's just one of the great mysteries of, of the European, you know, League Championship series. Of, you know, he looks okay for a few weeks, and then he sort of disappears into the background like a ghost. Um, and- um out of curiosity, when were those weeks where Airwalks looked good? I just wanted to know what they were that in the time spring. Was. Okay. They were in the spring. I will be completely honest. They were in the spring. They were absolutely in, in the spring. Um, Do you remember what Rockets' record was in the spring? They won three games, yes. Yes, they, they hold yeah. three games. Mm-hmm. They actually had a lower win percentage in the spring than they do in the summer. 
So if that's the bright spot, well, 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 well let's not forget. You're though, getting the mic clip. Let's let's not forget for you know like seven weeks they were you know the second best early game team according to Tim Sevenhusen's early game rating in the European LCS. They were the second best early game team, and then just every single game fell apart at like. 25 minutes and if this was heroes of the storm putting up 15 good minutes would be enough yeah unfortunately this is league of legends (laughs) what this really tells me is we should take that spring rockout roster just make them a heroes of the storm team and watch them tear through europe i think that would have been there you go would have been an interesting experiment if nothing else there you go steve uh, you know uh uh, freddy freddy 122 would have been a very good tank player in in heroes of the storm he would have enjoyed uh he would have enjoyed Anubarak, I believe, since he played so much Ramus. Yes. But that is not the game we were talking about. We are talking about the European promotion tournament. And, and let's look at Millennium. Because I actually feel like Millennium is a rather decent matchup for Rocket across the board. Um, they're, they're really reliant on their AD carry. They're really focused on the Tab's masterwork bot lane. Um and they really try to play through that bot lane. And when you have a player who is as tenured as Tabs, you know, that's kind of a, a smart way to do things. It's a very smart way to play. Um, but, you know, Chase, what are some of your just initial thoughts on Millennium and how they match up with Rockat? Well, I guess the answer is, do you think that the stats we saw with Millennium, if you look at the overall stats, paint a better picture than what we saw throughout the regular season and what we saw during their series with Huma. Because if you look at Kaze, Joko, and Pretty, their KDA got smashed by Misfits. But on the other hand, Afari is arguably the best player from that challenger split. He played an amazing Nar in Trundle throughout most of these playoffs and just hard carried that team through a lot of these games. Selfie is one of those guys that we've been waiting to get back into the LCS. And it seems like he's going to be able to find a way. I, I just don't think that we can compare what Kaze had to deal with in that matchup to dealing with Parang. I think Parang is way worse than Alfari. I think that if you look at what Betsy's been doing recently... I think that Pretty can handle it. I, I don't think that Pretty is going to win that matchup per se in a 1v1. But if you look at what they both can contribute to team fights, I can't remember the last time that I saw Betsy as the guy he was in Spring Split where he was solo carrying some of those games. It just seems like their communication isn't there. And say what you will about Joko, he's a guy that has subbed in the LCS before and looked okay. He's still managed to look pretty good, but not great throughout most of his challenger tenure. But he does seem to have a good handle of being where the team wants him to be and getting the lanes ahead that they feel that they need to play through. And yes, playing through the bot lane is a little bit risky when you look at Rocket because Steelback is the one thing Rocket has going for them. But on the other hand, Raze is useless. (laughs) <laughs> and if you're ganking to that lane, you can get a couple kills for tabs onto Raze and just make Steelback's life that much harder. I don't know what Rockat's answer is to that. It's certainly not Parang is going to hard carry the game. This this all comes down to will Betsy wake up? Does Betsy care enough about getting this Rockat team out of the elimination round to just go full Super Saiyan, pull a spring split, and hard carry and 
to me, the answer is I don't think the Met is suited for what he likes to play. I don't think the Cassiopeias and the Vladimirs and you know the Swain that he pulls out every once in a while, I don't think that those are proving to be the champions that he can hard carry on consistently. Whereas Pretty, for all of his faults, he seems very comfortable with where the champion pool is. It seems like there is no there, there's no lack of depth that is concerning to me here, especially given he plays the Anivia, he plays the Rise, he plays Victory, he plays Vladimir, he plays Karma, and he plays Zillion now after the Challenger series. I don't think that he's going to have a hard time finding something to deal with Betsy. And it's very hard for mid laners to carry games when they don't really go into their full power spike until somewhere around the 20, 25 minute mark. So absolutely. I, I completely agree that the champion pools are definitely not in Betsy's favor right now. And, and pretty definitely looks much better on, on the, the Vladimir's and, and, you know, the other sort of control mages, but let us not forget that last spring uh, towards the end of the season, Betsy was not playing very well. Um, mm. They did beat, you know, vitality once again, uh, towards the end of the split and really kind of messed up, messed Vitality's chances up of having a top two seed. Um, but he was not playing very well towards the last, you know, last few weeks of the season. Uh, then come the promotion tournament, he smashed kids. Yeah. He was by far the best player in that promotion tournament. Super high kill participation, really low kill percentage, super high KDA. He slept, walked through the last half of that season, especially when they started to lose a lot of games in a row. I'm not saying that this is going to happen again. I'm not going to say I totally believe that, you know, Betsy is going to be the guy to solo carry this thing. But when I look at how they match up against Millennium, Millennium does not have Kaze carry the game for them. They don't have Pretty carry the game for them. They are very reliant on Tabs being their primary carry. And using Pretty and Kaze to be the supplemental damage and CC that is required for Tabs to be the primary carry. Steelbeck to me is the best player in this in this tournament, in this promotion tournament. He is the best player. He is one of the top yeah. 380 carries in Europe, bar none. Quote me on it. No matter how poorly Rocket looked, Steelbeck has looked like a top three carry. Yeah. That is good for Rocket because that essentially means you are canceling out Millennium's greatest threat with your greatest threat. Now, yes, it means Betsy's going to have to step up, and it means Parang's going to have to step up. And like you said, Parang is not going to carry this team, but there have been times during the, the regular season where Parang has been able to step up and at least prove even with his opposing mid, with his opponent opposing top laners. And that is all he needs to do. He just needs to not let Kaze go, you know, crazy wild on him. And if you can get Parang on the NAR, you can get him on something that can help counteract that split push and get it out of Kaze's hands. I think he is able to go even. So that really then comes down to your mid laner. And I think despite the champion pools, I think Betsy can figure something out because going into that promotion tournament last last spring it was just him figuring out the right champions it was him going okay no i'm going to play this champion and this champion and he had a ton of success on victor in his ear i think despite the fact that vladimir is a good matchup in both of those that is where betsy needs to play because those are his strengths i think the leblanc could also be something that he pulls out because that is something else that's very much in his strength he was very much an assassin player when you even go back to his gambit days when he first came into the lcs zeds aries uh, a little bit of LeBlanc. 
So I think that this series is really going to come down to can Betsy carry against Pretty or are they just going to go even? And I think Betsy has that type of ceiling where if he gets the right champion, he can be the X factor in this game. Um, For Millennium, it's going to come down to Joko, in my opinion. He's a very strong jungler. He did show that he can play at an LCS level. And he's going to need to be the guy that makes a difference across the map because Memento isn't going to be that guy. Memento Mm -hmm. hasn't shown me anything that's like, yeah, you know, Memento is going to, you know, get his lane super far ahead. No, he's going to, you know, make some decent ganks and get his farm and, you know, prove to be a, you know, suitable jungler in team fights. But he hasn't shown any of these moments where I'm like, yup, Airwalks used to do that. And that was when this team looked really good. Um, So this is kind of a wash to me in terms of who I think wins. Mm -hmm. But I think that to me, the needle points slightly in the favor of Team Rocket just because Betsy has a higher ceiling than Pretty does. And that's totally fair. The, the other thing that we always need to mention when we look at challenger teams versus LCS teams is infrastructure. Rocket, because they've been in the LCS as long as they have, they have a lot more money. They've been able to invest in coaches and analysts, and they don't have the deepest staff as far as how you know compared to some other LCS teams, but they do have a lot of LCS experience. They just played 36 games against LCS teams. You learn something from pick and ban in those situations. Challenger teams, as a general rule, they don't necessarily have the same quality of coaches, and we have seen challenger teams just get simply outdrafted in previous tournaments like this because they don't have the same level of experience. Now, luckily... In the Challenger Series, this split, they did do best of twos. So they did give them that kind of experience. They have played more games than they ever have before. And the playoffs were, I believe they were best of five throughout. So they definitely got that as well. So it's not like this is going to be their first best of five experience. They've been able to bounce back from losing a game to Huma. So they, they know how to win after a loss and how to get themselves back on track. These are things that... We couldn't always say about challenger teams in these spots. To me, I just don't know what Rockad is fighting for anymore. Millennium has so much on the line for them. And, you know, this is an opportunity. If they're not going to necessarily be an LCS team, because I do think these are the two weakest teams in the bracket, no matter what, I, I just, I don't have faith in either of these teams to make it out of the the promotion tournament but of the two of them rocket looks just mentally tired it just looks like a team that went through the split from hell and had all of these hopes just dashed despite signing these big koreans that had played in the challenger series before it's not like these were unproven guys like this mighty bear did was for vitality these were supposed to be secure assets to push them forward and that's just not what they got and that's just not where they are and i can't imagine that the two of them are particularly happy with this situation we have no idea what communication is like for the team but it doesn't look good millennium at least looks like a team that's playing together as a unit i tilt slightly to millennium side and it's very slightly and I admit that a lot of this is cynicism from having watched every single Rocket game very thoroughly because I am a masochist and a fan. But, you know, if Rocket wins, 
I don't think it matters because I don't think they're better than any of the teams remaining in this tournament. And if Millennium oh. wins, I don't think it matters because I don't think they're better than any of the oh, teams in this no. tournament. See, there is definitely a worse team in this tournament than either of these two teams, in my opinion. Um, is it the team that went 4-0 and against Rocket, including 2-0 and two weeks ago? Because if so, I would love to hear what's changed since that matchup, good sir. Yeah, so they aren't starting a toaster anymore. They're going back to their, their player slash owner, uh, Xpeke, mm-hmm. who just for some god-awful reason just has decided he doesn't want to let his professional League of Legends career just die. <laughs> it's, you know, and if he doesn't want to let it die, you know, he doesn't want to go back to the position which made him famous for the play that we now call the Xpeke backdoor in a time mm-hmm. period where Cassidy is actually, you know, kind of a good champion. And he refuses to bench a player who has no business playing mid lane in the LCS at this moment. God damn it, Xpeke, you have an 80 carry on your roster. Just go play f- mid lane. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Just go I'm, play mid. Look, I, I understand that concern. And I'm not saying I'm going to defend Power of Evil because I absolutely refuse to defend Power of Evil. But he hasn't been playing mid lane in a long time now. He has been playing AD carry because that's what the team needed. That's what he's been practicing. That's what he's been playing on ladder. He hasn't been playing mid lane. Do you want a guy that hasn't played mid lane in seven weeks to come in during what is arguably the most important tournament of this organization's career if they want to remain any sort of... No. If they want to maintain any sort of dignity? I I don't want to see him play at all. And, I want and him that's to go fine. Be the owner and sit back and relax and hire people that he trusts to do the work, like Reggie did, like Ocelot did, and Xpeke can't keep his hands out of the pie while it's cooking. I mean, here's a question: Did the team look better with Toaster on it? I mean, they were good enough to beat Rocket. They were good enough to beat Rocket with Xpeke as the AD carry. They were good enough to beat Rocket with Toaster as the AD carry. So I don't, I don't know why we're going to just pretend that that didn't happen. I, I understand that these are not ideal AD carry scenarios, and it's going to get their ass handed to them when they play Misfits because Misfits oh. is just such a better team across the board. But at the end of the day, you're forgetting the only thing that really matters here, which is that Xpeke does seem to make good team-based calls. He is not a good fundamental player, so, so but at least when he's on the rift, there's an organization, there's a structure involved. So here's the thing. There is no way that Xpeke in the mid lane right now can be worse than how Power of Evil has been playing. That's and that's been a year. Power of Evil has been garbage for a year. Ever since he signed with Origin, he has been a terrible mid laner for the good part of his career. He was so bad that when they were going to, when they were on the brink of elimination twice in the spring playoffs, they subbed Xpeke back in. They subbed Xpeke in a couple times towards the end of the split to make sure they got into the playoffs. You should have determined in the spring that Power of Evil was not good enough and that without Xpeke, you guys weren't good enough. You didn't have the shot calling. You didn't have the, the gravitas in the team to actually make everything work. And the fact that you refused to do that. When Forgiven left you, I completely understand. You guys were in a bind. But he left you in week one. There was no goddamn reason that Xpeke was still your 80 carry going into week seven. There was oh, no reason that that should have happened if you actually gave a about competing in the LCS to split. 
You obviously didn't, and now you have to reap what you sow. And for God's sakes, if I see Xpeke on the freaking on the rift one more time as an AD carry, I'm gonna lose my because they are no better a team with him on the rift at 80 carry than they are having Toaster play 80 carry and Power of Evil play mid lane or having Toaster play 80 carry and having Xpeke play mid lane. There's literally no difference. So get your head out of your ass. Stop being freaking Jerry Jones and either sit back and relax or go to the position that you actually made famous. Okay? Uh, You're I'm not a good AD carry. I'm going to give you some stats here. Uh, Power of Evil has the highest damage per minute amongst all mid laners in the LCS right now. His earned gold per minute puts him firmly at seventh above Ryu, Betsy, and Nuke Duck. Xpeke's one game in the mid lane was the worst individual game statistically out of basically any mid laner in terms of just you know CS differential, damage per minute, gold per minute, all of this stuff. He was absolutely atrocious. His KDA is bad. That's what happens when you're on the losing team. You know whose was worse? Betsy. So if, if we're going to go by these stats, he, Power of Evil has been better than Betsy across the board in every significant stat you can name. So if you're going to make the argument that he is you know, garbage tier, this team is worse than Rocket, the stats don't back that up. Power of Evil is not a good mid laner by any means, but he has been slightly below average across the board in most stats. His CS per, uh, at 10 minutes is slightly below average. His CS permitted in general is slightly below average. He is not garbage. He is garbage compared to the expectations we set up for him. What's been garbage is the inconsistency from SOAS. That's the bigger problem because Power of Evil was never meant to have damage permitted numbers that high. He was never meant to be a carry that has been had as much asked of him as has been asked this split. He did it on Unicorns of Love, but we've known since the spring he hasn't been that guy. So this is when Soaz and Amazing needed to step up, win the 2v2s, have the hard carry games, and Soaz just has checked out on more games than he's been there. And that's the dual-edged sword with Soas, is that he has games where he's amazing, and you just look at him and go, oh my god, I can't believe he made that escape, I can't believe he made those plays. And then you have games where he's Soas, and he just completely shits the bed, and you just accept that as a thing, and you move on with your life. But if we're looking at, you know, step-by-step step against a team like Rocket, Soas is better than Parang every time. Amazing is better than Memento. Power of Evil is statistically and by the eye test at this moment in time better than Betsy unless Betsy has some miraculous awakening. The only thing that Origin is worse at than Rocket is at the AD carry position. And if X Peke is half of the shot caller that this team thinks he is, well, then they're going to continue to beat Rocket the way they have this whole split. I, I just refuse to buy into this narrative that Origin is straight garbage tier across the board because, look, Soaz has a lot of pride. If he's going to play well, it's going to be in this series. And Power of Evil has played better than Betsy over the course of a split by any statistic that you measure. And I hate saying that as a Rocket fan. And I hate saying it as someone who had much higher hopes for Power of Evil than I did. But the numbers just don't back up that thesis. It just isn't the case. So, so... So you're you're already petting an Origin versus Rocket matchup. Does this mean that we just think Misfits absolutely destroys Origin? 
Oh, Misfits is going to absolutely crush Origin. I think okay. Misfits is the best team in this tournament. Oh. I think Misfits is incredible. All I right, think we're, we're on the same page then. Perfect. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's going to be Origin, and it's going to be the winner of Millennium Rocket. That's why I said that series doesn't matter, because I think Origin is significantly better than Rocket. And even if Millennium gets through Rocket, I don't think that Tabs and Masterwork are enough. You know, is, is Kaze going to beat Soaz? No. Is Pretty going to beat Power of Evil? Who, at the very least, were moving closer and closer to something resembling his original champion pool when he was playing in Unicorns of Love? I don't think so. I just think Origin is the third best team. I think that they aren't a good team, but I think they're better than what Millennium and Rocket are able to put out right now. And I think that it's going to be just enough so that when they sell the ownership spot to an organization that actually wants to give a crap about esports and isn't going to hire their mom to be a manager and alienate everyone who's ever worked for them, including previous analysts who are now coming out of the woodwork and saying, hey, where's the money you owe us? So no, it wasn't just volunteers. And I'm not going to let XPECA off the hook for that, for the record. But I mean... That's where we are. Origin's just going to sell at the end of the split, and the LCS spot is worth more than the challenger spot. So that's what they're going to do. Because Soaz and Xpeke are not ending their careers in the challenger league. It's just not happening. I just refuse to believe that Soaz is going to be as apathetic as he has been at times throughout the regular season, which has really been the downfall of this team. Because at the very least, he wants to prove that he is an LCS caliber player when he goes out. So I think we're going to get good so as more likely than not. And if they do, I think Origin is significantly better than Rocket or Millennium. Okay. That's, that's just where I stand on it. Okay. Now, that is to say, they are not better than Misfits, and they're certainly not better than Shulk. I, I, I don't think either of those are up for debate. Okay. Well, well let, let's get into those two teams. Let's, uh, let's start with Misfits, since we do know that they will be playing Origin uh, in that first qualifying round. Uh, you know, misfits. What do you think has led to their their success? What do you think has been their strongest point? Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, there are a lot of things you can point to as, you know, what got them here. But I think the biggest revelation has been Alfari. I mean, this was a team that already looked good. Hans, we know, is a very good AD carry. He's been on the brink of making it to the LCS on his own merits for forever. Selfie is a guy that has proven himself on the LCS stage. He's been a full-time LCS player who looked like the best part of a really, really terrible MYM team, even when there was a lot of craziness surrounding that situation. I mean, given what was going on behind the scenes, it is incredible looking back at that season that he played as well as he did. You know, Llama Bear and Ignar do their job, but it's been Alfari as the X factor, as a guy who has now found a way to carry games even when Hans and Selfie can't. And when we look at LCS teams, the number one thing we look for is do they have multiple ways to win? Can you, you know, how hard are they to game plan against? You know, how are they going to be able to find victory when things look rough? And thanks to Alfari really taking a huge step forward, in my opinion, from what we'd seen from him in previous challenger splits. I think this team is there. I don't know how Origin stopped them. Because even if Soaz plays well, he at best he's neutralizing Alfari. I think Selfie's playing better than Power of Evil right now. And I think Hans and Ignar are going to go to town over X-Pac Air Toaster. So to me, this is a series where 
everything on that Misfits team has taken a step forward. And I think this is just finally the time. I think they're finally there to to make that step, to be the team that would have been a great part of the Banditos roster if Riot hadn't found a way to screw over Renegades as much as they did. And just to make sure that we don't forget what they did, I'm going to find a way to shoehorn that into every podcast we do as long as I can. <laughs> because this is a story that I don't want to go away. I am, I'm not letting Riot off the hook for that. The evidence is pretty clear that two of those three claims are provably legally false. So I'm not letting that go. This should be the Banditos, but they're going to be the Misfits. The infrastructure that they were provided before they had to go has done a huge amount of work for this team. And they're ready to go in the LCS. And I think they could be a mid-tier LCS team. I think this could be the next splice kind of team where in the spring they do enough to maintain their spot and in the summer they really come on strong. I really I like this roster a lot. I'm, I, I'm very excited. I love this roster. I love this roster. I love this roster. I love Selfie back from you know, even way back in his old school days when he was a super hot crew and was known as Corey. Um I thought that he's always been a a, a solid uh, a decent mid laner, you know, comparative on the European stage, and he's just had some really bad, uh, you know, run-ins with some some organizational management. And now on this team that was really sort of built around, you know, around players that he enjoyed playing with, they've really shined. Alfari has been a revelation in the top lane, and really, you know, shows perhaps some more strength that maybe joining the LCS and kind of shoring up their their top lane um, wheelhouse because it's been fairly weak especially with the fact that Gamsu and Soaz were underperforming so hard. Um, and, you know, Kikis has, ha- has had some issues now that he's transferred over to Fnatic and Whirlib hasn't looked good. And all these top laners, you know, that last year we thought were very good top laners. And, and uh, Huni obviously left Europe to go to North America. Elfari looks like he could be a very, very good top laner and kind of, you know, dominate some of these other weaker, older legacy guys. Uh, and then Hans Han Sama. You know, you're just waiting for him to turn 17, basically. That's been one of the, the only things that's really been keeping him out of the LCS. And the fact that he is going to get into the LCS under his own merit, under his own hard work, and that he has such a great team around him and a, a, a wonderful support in Ignar. Ignar has been great, and they've been an absolutely dominating 2v2 bot lane. Mm-hmm. Now, the one worry I do have for this team is that they spent the majority of the Challenger series and the playoffs playing with Wisdom, the former Giants jungler, as their as their jungler. And now, right before the promotion tournament, we're finding out that they're replacing him with Llama Bear. So I am very curious to how he fits in with the rest of this team, how much it's going to change, perhaps, the way that they play, how much the jungle pathing will change. Because Wisdom was very effective at ganking every lane and making sure that every lane had a decent amount of pressure and then figuring out which lane was, you know, tilting the most in his team's favor, and he would jump on that and tip the scales as hard as he could. He also excelled at moving around the map with Ignar and really getting a lot of vision control and just, you know, setting up some really great pick opportunities for Misfits to capitalize on. Misfits are a very, very aggressive team in the early game. They really like to get on top of you. They really try to get their, you know, the hands around your throat, and then they slowly squeeze the life out of you. And I am a little worried that by replacing their jungler and someone who who brought so much to that strategy and really held up his other, you know, held up the back end of his lanes while they were continuously assaulting uh, their their opponents, 
I'm quite worried about how Llama Bear is going to stack up to that and whether this is going to change the strategy of Misfits as a whole. Uh, I'm not so worried that I don't think they're going to make it. Like you said, they're they're probably you know the first or second best team in this tournament, um, and you know they're going to just walk all over Origin because I don't think Origin has the talent out front in the early game to deal with them. Now, if we see this go to you know a number of late game situations, you know we're talking 45, 50 minute games. There, I think Origin has the the experience. And the wild, you know, the veteran wild to potentially make this a close series. Um, but that's only, I think, if Misfits really screws up some sort of tower dives in the early game and, and give Origin enough gold in the early game to sort of stall it out as long as they can. Um, the longer these games go, the the more that Origin can do with death bushes and weird flanks. And, you know, there is some split pushing capabilities here. And Soaz has shown in the past that... When things get rough, just go split push. And there is a chance if he gets an early lead on Alfari, he can take over a game. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, how Llama Bear does fit into this and whether he is able to keep up their early game aggression. I will say this just on that note. It's one of those things where we've seen before that Koreans, as a general rule, they like to come in pairs. And Ignar and Wisdom... Where the two Koreans on this team, it seems like a very weird move to isolate that right now. I don't know if that just means that Ignar's English has gotten good enough that they get to start the guy that they wanted to start. I mean, Wisdom is still on the roster. It's not like he's been released. He just has been benched for this series. So Misfits made a in-house decision that said that Llama Bear was the better player, which... I mean, it, I guess that depends on how much you trust Misfits, right? Like, do you think Misfits are able to to make the intelligent call on that end? It's it's very weird. It's certainly not a decision that I would have made just given how dominant they were. But at the same time, this looks like a team that's preparing for what it's going to look like in the LCS and whether they didn't plan on signing Wisdom because the new... Uh, the new rules came in about foreign players and how long it would take for them to matriculate. And Wisdom is not going to get his two years now, which maybe that was enough to scare him them off. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, clearly, they have a long-term plan, and Wisdom is not a part of that. And whether Ignar will continue to be a part of that, I think, will very much depend on how well they execute in this tournament. But I mean, as much as you know, the the story will be Llama Bear and, and how he fits in. Hans versus Xpeca and Toaster. That's all I have oh, to say. Oh man! Like I just feel like that alone. You know, you need an AD carry if you're going to win these late game team fights. So unless Soaz just goes straight jacks and tries to pull a Whirlib, mm-hmm. I think Misfits has this in the back. Okay. But you know that takes us. We have one more team we got to talk about. My favorite. My boys, your, your favorite. Your, 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 I mean, who couldn't love Steve? Nah, my man Gilius. It's all oh, about God. Gilius. I love Gilius. I, I know you do, and I, I forgive you for that. As I a have general a rational role. love of Gilius. It's, it's not good. I, I need to see a doctor about it. Maybe I need an MRI. I mean, you worship at the altar of God Gilius. I understand. It's a. Uh, <sighs> he gave himself the name. It, it, it kind of lends this whole cultish air to it. <laughs> so it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, 
Look, uh, the team is fine. Uh, we, we talked about this going into the Vitality series. We knew that they were basically the exact same team. We told you guys it was going to be a split series. It was a split series. Schalk happened to be the one that lost the final game. It was a Does, great best of three series. Great is a strong word. It, it was a best of three series. <laughs> it, it was a series in which two teams played each other and a third game happened. Uh, I, I just, to, to me, both of those teams were the boilerplate for you have to be better than us to be an LCS caliber team. Yep. And what it really comes down to is I don't think Millennium or Rocket are LCS caliber teams. So I think Schalke is going to win this one. I mean, for everything that we say about Gilius, and Gilius is obviously the most polarizing player on this team, he either makes incredible plays that make your jaw drop and go, oh my God, I can't believe he did the thing, or he you know, makes a horrendous mistake and you go, oh my God, I can't believe he did the thing. So, so you, you say that. Outside of forgiven, because he's the obvious answer, is Gilius the most polarizing player in all of Europe? I mean, in terms of his play, let, let's take the off the off the field stuff in terms of just yeah. his play. I, I think that if you asked whether if you asked a whole bunch of fans whether Gilius was good or not, I think you would have the widest variance okay. of anybody. I think if you're looking at, you know, fans versus the media, I think the answer to that would be Steve because fans adore Steve. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the media is on board with that plan at all. And I, you know, I understand that the stats don't necessarily back up most of the hype that he's gotten over the split. I mean, people love the name. He should really just add like eight Steves to his name and just go with the <laughs> memes entirely. I think that would be the better way to go. But look, wh- whether you like Steve or not, whether you like Gillius or not, I don't think that's even really all that relevant to this conversation because Fox is a very consistent mid laner who's not going to make a lot of mistakes. And the Mr. Rollins and Spraddle are a bot lane that have proven to be able to work together consistently time and time again. It's going to be very hard for either Rocket or Millennium to penalize that bot lane's mistakes. And I think that Fox is by far the most consistent of the three mid laners that we could potentially see in that series. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at, well, where's the X-Factor going to come in? I have no idea what Rocket's X-Factor is unless Parang and Rays decide that they actually want to be League of Legends players, unlike what <laughs> they've been doing for their whole split. I, I guess Joko is the guy for Millennium, but I'd rather have Gilius in that spot than Joko if it's, I need my jungler to make one play. Right. Th- this should be the situation in which Gilius just plays above and beyond because... For everything that he is, he has done a very good job of usually dismantling weaker opponents unless he gets in his own head. And this is going to be one of those acts to grind. I have to prove I belong here. I'm not going out this way. And against these two teams, I think that's going to be more than enough. Yeah, I Gilius is the best jungler in this tournament, in my opinion. I think he's better than Amazing. I think he's better than Joko. I think he's better than... Uh, he's better than Memento, and he's better than Llama Bear because I haven't seen like anything of Llama Bear to really put him on a scale. But I think Gilius is definitely the best jungler here. And for all the the shit talk that he hears around him, this is his moment to shine. And I think you're right. I think he thrives on weaker opponents, and he really takes advantage of them. 
And I just want to see him play like Lee Sin all, you know, all three games and just be like, yeah. I'm just going to kick people because he's at his best when he's at Lee Sin because that is when he can make the flashiest plays. And I think Gilius is very much about the flashy plays. Uh, you know, let, let, let's throw in a WWE reference here. If he was a WWE wrestler, I think he'd be the nature boy. I think he'd be Ric Flair. Every time he kicked, can't you see him going, woo? I mean, it's very possible. I'm Every not going to. Every time gonna... he hits a lead kick. I could just see him doing that. He's very, he likes the flashy plays. So uh... See, and I really like that on two levels because I've been watching Team Four Stars Let's Play channel and they named their whooper Ric Flair. <laughs> and I think the difference between Gilius at his best and at his worst is whether he's WWE or a f***ing whooper. I think that's the best <laughs> metaphor I'm going to come up with. So thank you to Team Four Star for making that joke way better than it would have been otherwise. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I just—he's either one of the greatest wrestlers in WWE history, or he's a whooper. I love yeah. it. I love it. I hope Gillies listens to this podcast because he's gonna be like, I don't know what either of those things mean, but. <laughs> I think if Gillius is listening to his podcast, he's really mismanaging his time before the Challenger Series. I think maybe you should focus on getting ready. He's listening to us while he practices his war hops in sandbox mode. Ah, yeah, in the, in the sandbox mode that we totally have because we're, we care about our professional scene and totally aren't using it as an advertising stream. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, I, I guess what we have to end on is what are the three teams we think get in? And I think I've made my point pretty clear. I think it's Schalk. I think it's Misfits. I think it's Origin. I think you disagree with me, though. So I do. I think it is Schalk. I think it is Misfits. And I think it is Rockat. I do not think Origin. Don't, don't do this to me, man. I, I'm not doing it to you. I'm not doing it to you. I'm doing it to myself because Betsy and Steelback are gods. I think Betsy and Steelback are the two best players in this tournament. I, I don't appreciate this false hope you're trying to instill in me. I'm not trying to instill it in you. I'm <laughs> trying to instill it in myself because I really like Betsy. And the fact that Hui is now playing so well in CLG means that Betsy's not coming to North America to play for CLG. And it makes me sad because I want a Betsy CLG jersey because that's the only way I'd wear a CLG jersey. <laughs> Sidebar. Anyways, uh, no, I, I just – yeah, you, you, you throw those stats at me, but visually Origin just does not look good on paper. And yes – they went 4-0 and against Team Rocket. I completely understand it. Do you know how hard it is to compl- go completely undefeated against a, a team? It is damn near impossible. And as poorly as Rocket has looked, I do think that with their backs against the wall, as they showed last uh, in the last promotion tournament, they can turn it on. I do expect Betsy to figure out a champion that will work for him um, over the course of this. And as long as they get by Millennium, they have two shots at it. And I think there is always a chance that they can take out either Shulk or Origin. Um, I mean, if we're going to go by the spring split, Origin was the second best team a split ago. I don't think we can say that those matter anymore. I mean, if we're going to go with that, I mean, Origin has more veteran experience. They have way more veteran players. They've been able to play at a high level of competition previously. So, so I'm just going to ev- stop you. I'm just going to stop you right there. Here's the difference between spring split and summer split origin. Um, X Peke wasn't playing goddamn 80 carry. Yeah, and you know what's the difference between split, uh, su- spring split and summer split? Rocket. There isn't none. They were terrible both times. <laughs> I'd I'd rather have at least four of these five players looked good at one point in their careers than whatever the. F- 
Parang and Razor and whatever Memento is looking like. I, I, I don't, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion. I, I'm, I'm glad that someone has faith in Rocket, but I've watched too much of this team. I'm done. I, I'm just, I've accepted it. They're going to move on. And Rocket is going to drop the challenger team and start making merchandising deals with all of these different European teams. They'll have a whole bunch of sponsors that'll be lined up because Europeans love their Rocket gear, man. I can I can tell you from having lived in a gaming house, they love the Rocket gear, and that's just going to be how it goes. and And I've made peace with that. I, I'm at the acceptance stage of all of this stuff. I went through the depression. I went through denial. I went through anger. I'm just at acceptance. It's just a terrible team that has no business competing possibly in this entire tournament. And it's fine. It's it's going to be okay because Betsy and Steelback are not going to have a hard time finding a new place to live. Unless Betsy just straight up retires, which after this split, I mean, would you want to play League of Legends Don't again? I my heart like that. I like Betsy. Don't break I, I my like, heart like that. I like him too. I would love to see more of him. But does Betsy want to keep doing this? I, oh. After the after how Gambit ended and how Rocket is going to end, even if Rocket makes it back into the LCS by some miracle, is that the experience that makes you say, "Yeah, I love League of Legends. Let's run this back another split," when he could go on and get a career and not have to have flashbacks of. You know, Airwalks missing his fifth gank of the game, <laughs> or Parang and Ray's just forgetting how to rotate and forgetting how to teleport and forgetting how to do vision and forgetting that they're League of Legends players. Like, I don't know. I, I think at some point there's there's a PTSD that comes from being on a terrible, terrible team as long as he has been, and I don't think he's been on a good team his entire career. Even that Gambit team that almost made the playoffs before Forgiven cost them their chance to participate. I don't think that was a good team. I mean, at best, they would have been a six seed that went out in the first round. I, I I don't know. People have always kind of tried to create a counter narrative there because they want to believe like, oh yeah, they got robbed. They were okay. They were an okay team. I, I That's the best that Betsy has ever had is he's been on an okay team. I, I, I don't know. I, if I'm Betsy, I, I, I have to question whether I come back. I think if the right offer comes along, he will. But if it's more middle-of-the-pack teams, just go make a life for yourself, man. You, you have nothing to prove. You will be fondly remembered by the five people that cared about your career because Hi. you're on terrible teams. Hi, Betsy. Hi, I yeah. I still we- care about you. I still care about Arrowhawks, too. Hi yeah, guys. well, well, look, no one can help that, man. You're the <laughs> one who needs to. Maybe you should get an MRI. It'll be, you know, it's it'll be good for both of us to have that clearance. You know, between we, the Kiwi Kid and Airwalks, you are just oh the patron god. saint of lost causes in the LC. Oh god. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll be able to afford an MRI after gambling on some of these games because we need to guess some lines there, Chase. Oh, are we guessing lines? We need to guess a couple lines here for the two matches we do know about. The first okay. on the docket. Rocket versus Millennium. I'm going to note I didn't prep for this. That's fine. Go ahead. Just get, we don't have Rocket minus 170. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. You are so far away. It's not even funny. Am I really? You are so far away. It is not even funny. Ladies and gentlemen, I would have guessed uh, minus 175. 
that that was actually where my guess was. I thought they were going to be slight favorites. Um, okay. But yeah. Uh, so here's the funny thing. Rocket is actually an LCS team, and Millennium was a Challenger Series team. So the odds are Team Rocket at minus three seventy. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Why you do this, <laughs> unicorn? Why you do this? Because now I have to say Millennium is a smart money bet. There is no way that Rocket wins this series like 85% of the time. There's no <laughs> way. Have you seen this team? Have you watched this team? What, what part of this makes you say, oh, yeah, this is a team that is going to be dominant in a best of five series? On what grounds? On what merit? Based on what evidence? I mean, god damn. I, that, that is so egregious that I'm not, I, I think I'm out of words. I don't. Ah. Uh, <laughs> unicorn. I, 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 look, I, we love you. You're proud sponsors of the podcast, and I appreciate that. But no, that's not how any of this works. I, 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 is it a millennium hate bet? Do they just really hate Misfits 3 0 them? Because guess what? Misfits 3 0 everybody. Misfits is a really fucking good team. I don't, I don't hold that against Millennium. Misfits went 3 0 Rock Hat in about 0.5 seconds. I, I, whatever. D- next line. Next line. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I, I've, I've never been on this side of this. I threw my headphones. I don't know. I don't get like this. I don't get mad. I it's, get... It's, it's nice for me because I saw the line. I'm like, oh, man, I would be so pissed off about this line. Like, if I, <laughs> if I didn't know this was coming, I would have been so pissed off. And yeah, I'm there so, we go. It. I'm so done. <laughs> Just next line. Origin versus Misfits. See, I would this say, is the sad part. Now Origin's going to be favored because that's they're giving an LCS bump. I'm going to say L- uh, Origin minus 150. Is that your final answer? My final answer. Because you are dead wrong. You are dead wrong. It is Misfits minus 136. Okay, so let's have a conversation. <laughs> I just let, Let's talk about this. Okay, so we accept that Origin is a bad team. And yep. you were, and Misfits should be the favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely I based yeah. my line based on the fact that they had given Millennium that hard of a, a tick against them because they were a challenger team. Now, minus 130 is still probably too low mm-hmm. in all reality. I think this is going to be a 3-1 in Misfits' favor. So whatever the handicap is for minus 1.5 is the line I would look at. But at the end of the day, I don't understand why we give Misfits the benefit of the doubt over Origin. But f- Rockat gets minus 370. If you'd given a minus 200, if you'd given a minus 250, I would have said that is too high, but I understand how you get there. 370? 370 is the odds you give G2 over Rockat. 370 are the odds that you give Splice over Rockat. <laughs> are you saying that Splice and, and beating Rockat? is just as likely as Rocket beating Millennium? Because if so, I've got a great bridge to sell you. I swear, I don't... I just don't see the logic in this. Either you're going to penalize challenger teams for being challenger teams, which is something they cannot control and cannot help, or 
You have to take the LCS team at face value. And at face value, Rocket sucks. It has sucked the entire time. Whatever. That those are the lines. I, I go 0-2. This doesn't count towards the weeks because it's it's promotion. We've already agreed in the past that uh that pl- playoffs count because we have all of the lines. This we don't have the line for whoever wins Millennium versus Rocket over Shulk. We don't have lines for the final round, so it just wouldn't be fair. Absolutely. It's unfortunate. We'd love to do that. Uh if I could take Shulk, like it should be Shulk minus 250 against whichever team comes out of that game, by the way. Anything more than that, and I will look up the line. I will tweet about it when it's when it's finalized. It will be egregious in the same way. Just wrap up the podcast, man. I got, I got nothing more to say. I, I mean, if, if you really think that Rockat is 85% favorites to win millenn- beat Millennium, I... I don't know, man. I, I, I just I, that makes me question everything I've ever watched and understood about League of Legends. That is that is completely fair. The uh, the line for Misfits at minus one and a half maps is at plus one fifty five. So you have some. That's decent, our smart money bet. Yeah, some decent that, odds right there. That and uh, take Millennium over Rocket. What's the Millennium over Rocket? Uh, Millennium over Rocket. Just take me one second. Yeah, you're looking at plus two sixty. For Millennium yeah. to beat Rockat. Just out. lock those in. Lock those in and enjoy the rest of the promotion tournament. You don't need to do shock over whatever team comes next. You don't have to bet in that final match because that final match will be a match of two teams that have struggled already in this tournament. Lock Absolutely. those two in. Enjoy your free money. God, <laughs> those are terrible lines. <laughs> That's just I Rock, uh, Walter, do you have anything you'd like to say about our presenting sponsor and or where people can follow and find us? <laughs> I do. We're going to move away from the lines. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And that is a podcast. You guys can find all of our content over on SlingshotEsports.com. We love working with the guys and with the finale of E-League just happening last weekend. I'm sure there are a bunch of really good interviews over on the site done by Vince Naren. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Rough Drafts Podcast. My personal Twitter is at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? You can find me bemoaning the curse that Unicorn has put on us. Uh, and by us, I mean Rockat at at Redshirt King. And I will try to do a better job of live tweeting. I'm literally not allowed to leave my house for the next week, so I have no excuse not to. If I don't, go yell at me at social media and tell me to start tweeting again. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, and subscribing to the podcast if you happen to do that. Where can they do that, Walter? So you guys can subscribe to the podcast over on soundcloud.com backslash esports rough drafts or by opening up iTunes and looking up rough drafts in the iTunes store. That's all from us today. Tune in tomorrow to get our thoughts on the NA Challenger Series and see which of the money-grabbing schemes that we think will succeed in making into the LCS. Until next time, goodbye, Internet.